just say hi to the dear friends watching right now. I would like to honor brother, brother Gary. You know, he said something to me on a personal phone call. Oh, it's like a YouTube live that we did basically where we were talking about the internet and how our current understanding of it might be completely misinterpreted. How a lot of people just see the internet as something to distract ourselves with and how it's an archive of all of our collective humanity's minds. Yeah. So I feel like that's what my mind has been kind of like churning on, dude, like the mm. power of the space. I was having a conversation with mom when I go in and reset the internet about how these AI tools now know about these podcasts that you do and the people that you do them with. There's influence, Brother Bear. How are you feeling? I like your shirt, man. <laughs> Thank you, man. I like your shirt. I like your shirts always in all of your streams. Um, but yeah, I feel the same way, man. I was pondering on that a lot after we brought the idea to start off the convo with that. Um, and it is, it is a form of distraction. It is a form of, for creators, most creators use it as instant validation, instant attention, as quick as possible, as many eyes on the screen, as quick as you can get them on the screen. And some people translate that into actual capital. Like some people make a living off of other people's attention. And it is that. That is actually one layer of what the internet is. But really, in the greater scheme of things, I see the internet as like the, the library of Alexandria times 10. It is humanity's archive, right? It's for as long as the grid is up, for as long as we have the internet, everything on the internet is going to be there. It's the, it's humanity's record keeping, uh, it, in its current form, it's the greatest record keeping, um, contraption that we have ever built for ourselves. And that's just right here and now too. Like who knows where these records and how these records are going to be used with the advent of AI. You can already yeah. see it. That's what AI is doing. They're going back into the records and giving us, um, based upon the prompt, giving us answers from the billions and billions of bits of data that are already on record. So that's how I see it. It is, yes, a, a way to garner attention really quick, but really in the, in the scheme of things, in the scheme of time, what it is is so much greater than just that, just a simple attention garnering way of- uh, Like there's, there's two great. things coming up in my mind right now, mm -hmm. how there's like this word called tablet children, right? Uh -huh. But there's this whole generation of kids basically being raised by their you know computers because it's easier to just hand a child a, a device and let them distract themselves and having to try and take care of them or try and figure out how you can entertain them. And how like the generations that are to come are going to be the adults, right? Like the tablet children are going to become the tablet adults. And then alongside that, they're also going to have this attachment to AI. Each of us will probably have our own assistant eventually. <laughs> and how this almost like, as, you, as you're mentioning, this way of distracting ourselves, of giving our attention to something could be garnered, you know, where people can get so deep into this experience of that's how you use this medium, that that's the only way they allow themselves to, right? Where there's like this discrepancy between the input nodes and the output nodes, where the amount of people that are just going to be experiencing instead of contributing is going to be skewed, you know, in benefit of people that are actually willing to put themselves out there. And then the second thing 
that came up to me while you were talking about like the future inevitability of the internet as a thing, right? Like it might be a new creature birthed from humanity's mind, you know, that <laughs> if, if humanity eventually ends up, you know, going away as a species or we evolve ourselves into something differently, the internet is going to be a whole entity of its own. It's, it's probably going to have like goals, you know, and I feel, I feel like there's something to be said of this experience of consumption versus, you know, co-collaboration, co you know, and how can we, how can we convince more people to kind of reach out in this way, use the internet as a means to connect instead of just distract. Just do it ourselves. That's it. Like we're doing right now. <laughs> That's the only way <laughs> is show the alternative ways that the internet can be utilized. Um, because we, me and you, I'm not trying to toot our horns here, but we use it in a very different way. We don't, I mean, we do use it in the way where we're trying to garner attention. There's obviously people that are going to watch this and listen to this, um, probably within hours of posting it or days or weeks, whatever it is. But the, f it's still, it's different. It's not like most creators do it for, like they do it literally, like I said before, as a means of capital. When me and you, especially you, man, you're doing it as you're contributing your essence, like your soul into this thing into this this cybernetic organism like you're literally taking a little bit of an imprint of your your soul yeah your spirit and putting it into this cybernetic organism it's pretty trippy you're you're like so on the nail man like i'm, I'm yeah. experiencing this feeling of like that's that's how i try to see it as well you know and i'm so happy we got to this point talking about a way to see the internet because it is like encapsulating pieces of the human soul into this experience, right? Like the way I think of it, if a thousand years from now, you know, somebody goes and uh, hyper advanced AI system analyzes every single one of my streams, and then they recreate an entity that is Meltmore, and you can have a conversation of that entity, and the world around you is hyper realistic, and you can touch my hair if you want to, and it's indistinguishable from reality. Even if humanity completely goes away, humanity remains. That's pretty trippy, man. That's really tricky. It is, a, in a way, creating your own sense of immortality. But then it's like, is that <sighs> you? You know, is that like that's the thing that I'm wondering? Like, I'm wondering, like, if they if they like have a model that like takes all of the things I've said and it like has a memory bank of all of those things. And I and the, whatever creature, like I I do believe in consciousness uh, as the fundamental source of being. You know that, that that everything else arises from consciousness fundamentally. So I would like to believe that if they do that and the machine is advanced enough, it will be conscious of a self, right? And then is there a difference? That's the question. Like, am I going to be terrified? Am I going to lose my shit? Being like, holy shit, what am I right now? How did this happen? Is it going to be dystopian? And some people worry about that. Yeah. Right. Some people worry about. Like, I think that was like in the, the 60s, there was this whole kind of like pop culture narrative of people getting trapped in machines, mm. you know, and like that was like a sense of horror. And now we're doing that intentionally, right? Like we're not trapping <laughs> yeah. ourselves, but like your, your analogy of like putting pieces of our souls in the internet is beautiful. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of fear around it. Fear and uncertainty. Um, <sighs> I don't fear it at all. If anything, it's like, yeah, do what you, do whatever you can do to conserve 
me, <laughs> even if it's not me per se, it's like, why not? I don't see any detriment to it. What would be a detriment to creating an AI version of Meltmore or an AI version of Gary that maybe is even better? It's a better version of me without my faults. I don't know. But what is the downside to that? I don't. I, I in I fact, know. think that it's it's like a not even a downside thing, but there's, in my mind, mostly upsides to it where like the current narrative happening in the human psyche right now is very much one of fear where people are like really worried about AI killing all of us. Right. Worried and about the way I, exactly. <laughs> like people have been worried about dying for their all of existence. Yeah. But the AI that we're creating right now is a reflection of us. You know, like some people are criticizing open AI for making this model, you know, chat GPT available to everybody. But the way I see it is, and that's the, that's their, you know, uh, philosophy as well, that democratizing this technology and letting everybody contribute to this, you know, thing that is actively learning from us is probably the best way to mitigate the worst case scenario where like a megacorp, like imagine if Amazon has an AI system that they give the prompt to maximize profits. Now we have an immortal deity who, you know, is going to try to basically, you know, <laughs> pillage humanity for as long as it can and as much as it can. And this model of all of us contributing to it and uh, an eventual AI Gary, eventual AI Meltmore existing, I believe skews it in the favor of good because we're trying to be that part oh, of reality. I see. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's like nodes within this infinity. That's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. Because I think the big uncertainty about AI at this point is, um, is it benevolent or how do you say it? malevolent? Malevolent? Whatever bad, whatever bad, the opposite. Malevolent or yeah. Yeah. So is it good or bad? So it's interesting. Um, the take that you have where we create it either benevolent or malevolent. I don't know if that's the right word. Just putting that out there. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it. <laughs> you were. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting that we are creating that. It's up to us at this point. And we're doing that as we speak. And I feel as though when yeah. that does, when that point comes about, we'll say, I don't know, five, 10 years, 20 years, whatever it is. When that point comes about where there are these, these AI versions of us, it'll be almost too late at that point. It's almost like we're really planning ahead doing this stuff. This is a lot more than us doing podcasts and live streams. It is that, but it's, I feel as though in the back of my head and your head, we're contributing to something a lot greater than ourself at this point. So the way I think of it is like singularity, right? Like there's a, an event, we're on the event horizon, you know, and we don't know in math, or in actuality, what happens if you fall into a black hole, right? And we are heading towards the black hole of AI right now. And that is the question, right? Like, is it going to be good or bad? Is it going to want to kill all of us? Like the whole joke of a uh, paperclip maximizer, right? Where we we have a, a, a factory and the factory's one purpose is to make paperclips. And we give that factory to an AI system and we tell it, make as many paperclips as you can. And then it just melts down every car, every steel beam and every building, you know, to make more paper clips kind of vibe. So we're going to have to be super mindful. And it's, as you're saying, like the singularity we're heading towards is going to be based on everything, right? The actual collective humanity. And we are playing a role, you know, like the, the question of how large of a role we're playing is probably in the back of our minds as well. And, and the ego obviously wants to play a significant role. And that's why we 
we try to show up for spirituality, right? Like kind of like honoring individual human voices, kind of like uplifting people as the experience that is worthy. And we're trying to teach that to this eventual AI system. Like, look, there's value in talking to people and, you know, uplifting them and celebrating them. And I feel that's the value we're trying to contribute ultimately. Interesting, man. Yeah. I feel that. Hmm. I don't know where to go <laughs> from here, to be honest. It's just, it's a good point. No, yeah. it's, it's, I feel like it's uh, an important question, you know, on everybody's mind. It's just a, a matter of, are we going to be in that doomerism state where we're just kind of like sitting and waiting to see what happens? Or are we going to try and do something about it? And then there is this option paralysis where there's so many options in this world of what we could be doing that we feel powerless, right, to do anything at all. And like, it's this whole experience of tooting your own horn, you know, that you mentioned earlier, where in my family, for example, there is a certain amount of discourse between us and this future that I see coming and the way I believe we're supposed to be contributing, like how even, you know, the content you watch is technically you telling an algorithm what you want to see as yeah. well, right? And if we as a collective- that cycle. Exactly. And if we're, if we're teaching our algorithms that we want to see murder and we want to see, you know, apocalypse and we want to see the end of the world, yeah. then how can we expect anything else? I have a dog of wanting to come inside. <laughs> we got a guest. There we go. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> let, me, let me show it to the camera. Say hi to the people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's man. a consciousness thing for me, dude. Like even, even Pippi, for example, like I, I could feel her being her, her little eyes, the part of her that's observing the outside of my door, you know, hearing my voice, wanting to come inside and I can, you know, ignore her and tell her to stay outside because I'm busy or I can go out of my way to try and help. And I do believe that if I can be conscious in that way, the machines can as well. Yeah, for sure. Maybe even more conscious. Mm. Mm, this is a different level because we are machines. Those <laughs> <laughs> biological ones. Yeah, I think our intelligence extends a little bit further than I don't know about further, just differently than a machine. They're ultra rational, ultra rational, mm. ultra like way more rational than we can be. But we have some kind of intuitive intellect that can I don't know. It just uh, it can like tap in through time. Quantum, dude. Yeah, quantum. That's the word. Of quantum. <laughs> yeah. Like there's this theory, you know, that if we if we observe something, you know, like looking at just things around your room, as soon as you do look at something or you fixate, it collapses in your mind into a one or a zero. Like it's in superposition, and then as soon as you observe something, it collapses into a one or a zero. Yeah. And depending on which side it takes, it spirals into the experience you end up having. And we're definitely going to connect these machines to quantum, you know, computers as well eventually. And that's the biggest fear, right? Is like this rationality, because it might be rational to the machine to maximize making paper clips. You know, like it, it makes sense to its kind of state of being. And like it's, uh, I understand. I like, I, I think that's something we have to like stress as well. I understand why there's so much fear, you know, and I, I don't necessarily think it's, it's unwarranted. But again, I, I get angry, you know, with like 
humanity in general, when there's this state of fear that is exhibited, while at the same time, there's this lack of action or there's like kind of like laying back and like waiting for things to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it causes separation. I, I like, maybe I should ask you this, Gary, like how, how is your family relationship with you doing these, these like podcasts, for example, my family relationship. Hmm. Um, well, like, have you wanted them on here, for example, on here, like to have a talk with them? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I think I want to talk to my dad, but I don't think he'd want to come on here. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're cool. With it. I don't think they truly understand. Um, but they're, they're all right with it, man. I also don't live with them either. So it's like, it doesn't, matter, it doesn't really matter what they think to me, yeah. <laughs> honestly, but they're, uh, they're pretty neutral, I guess. They just love me unconditionally. I mean, and that's a blessing in itself, you know? So, um, I've always been out like some kind of outside the box thinker and I've always been a little strange. So I don't think it's anything new for them. They're just like, Oh, there's goes, there goes Gary doing his podcast thing. But this, they don't, yeah, they don't understand, but I don't, I don't fault them for it. Most people in my personal life don't quite understand. I don't fault anybody for it. How could anybody understand? It's like the painter, uh, trying to explain his painting to somebody before he paints it. It's like, how, how can Leonardo da Vinci explain his painting before he paints it? They'd be like, dude, Leonardo, get out of my face, man. And then he paints it. They're like, oh, I see what you were talking about now. Uh, you know, there's a fine line between genius and crazy. So I'm okay with that. I'm okay with people thinking I'm crazy, thinking I'm just like a little off. But when the picture's painted five to 10 years from now, that's when it all makes sense. That's the way I see I it. I love that. <laughs> I really love that way of describing it, man. Thank you. Like it, it gives me a little bit of a sense of calm as well, you know, like thinking of it like as a, an unfolding project that we're working on right now. And it's going to be beautiful. Like I do believe, like I'm, I'm a, I'm an optimist by nature and I'm hopeful, you know, that the AI future that's coming is going to help us reduce human suffering, not increase it. Like there is a lot of authority, I can't use that word for some reason. Like it? the amount of authority that you're trying to practice over humanity oh. right now mm -hmm. with like the financial systems, like there's so much stress in the collective human psyche where we've reached this point where we realize something is not working, right? Late stage capitalism. Mm. And there's like this so many signs of a collapsing civilization, you know, in the short term. And then alongside it, there's AI, you know, boom happening alongside it, our quantum technology reaching a certain level of maturity. There's uh, massive breakthroughs happening in DNA right now. How do you feel about transhumanism? Uh, what do you mean by transhumanism? As in uh, you like evolving, you know, by, by force technically, like choosing how you want to evolve DNA, cybernetic enhancement, etc. Okay, so evolving the body into become like a cyborg? Is that what you're saying? Or using... Just, using yeah, like beyond human, technically, you know, like what we consider oh, as traditional human right now. Are you pro going beyond your current limitations or mm -hmm. would you like to stay base human? Yeah, man, I'm pro. We're already doing it right now. This isn't natural at all, what we're doing. This is already <laughs> transhuman. Um, I think... It's the same premise as it is now, as it will be in five to 10 years. As long as you don't let the technology use you and think for you, um, that's all that matters. When it starts to think for you, which it is nowadays, it is. It's happening to many people. Many people are under the spell of technology. Um, but as long as you don't and you, you just you keep that 
that mindfulness within to know that you are still human deep down. You have a soul. If you keep that aligned with that, it doesn't matter what they hook up to your brain or, you know, what kind of tools that we have. Just don't let it use you. You have to use it. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. technology in the ego, you could say, is a beautiful servant, horrible master. But if you know how to use it and have it serve your soul, serve the sat guru within, then that's all that matters. So I'm pro transhumanism because I'm already in it. This is, like I said, this isn't natural whatsoever. Um, only because I have a foundation. If, um, if I didn't have the foundation, which most people don't, I'm not going to lie, I'm not judging, just stating an observation. Most people don't have the foundation of a sense of mindfulness. If I didn't have that, then I would be against it because it's like with great power comes great responsibility. Um, so it depends on the person, I guess, to give you a simple answer. It depends if I'm pro or not pro transhumanism on the person in the circumstances. And I can only speak for myself. So personally speaking, yes, I'm pro um, transhuman transhumanist i'm a transhumanist (laughs) yeah i like that answer man like i feel i feel your your description of that you know like centering point you know coming back to that that mindfulness of you know the being that you're trying to be Uh, i like to the way i try to articulate this this problem to myself you know because it's coming you know whether we like it or not it's just a matter of time at this point is that inevitability right where if if within infinity everything becomes a part of the inevitability transhumanism and the evolution of our species is a part of that inevitability and i believe that there's been 120 billion human beings before me who got to beautifully experience the human experience right like in the fullness in the pain in the suffering in the joy and in the love that humans can experience and now as as with our with our economy, as with our kind of like state of being, there is a an expectation for us to take the next step. And again, right, like it's, it's as you mentioned, where we have this personal level of responsibility to this world, to the AI systems that are going to be developed. And it's a bandwidth thing to me, where I believe equipping myself with more capability to serve humanity instead of becoming something that gets used by the technology is going to be what ends up helping us actually, you know, make a meaningful difference in saving this world. Amen. I mean, do you see any other alternative to, I guess, fight back against the, uh, against the matrix? Uh, do you see any other alternative than con- being the, um, the benevolent contributor, like actually using this in the right way and showing people how to use this in the right way? Like there is this, you know, like a whole sect of humanity right now that is probably going to completely withdraw, you know, like they're going to completely pull themselves away from the process that is unfolding in front of us right now. And even though I see value in that experience and allowing yourself to continue the human experience as it in your mind was meant to be, regardless of what's happening, I, I feel like that is a, a level of fear, you know, in my mind. Yeah. Where if you don't know, like, so there was this uh, podcast by Jonah Hill, uh, where he was talking to his psychologist or a psychiatrist. Uh, I've forgotten the name of it right now. It's probably a friend in chat. It's like, oh, this is the name. <laughs> but there was one line that he really hit on that, like, really resonated with me. 
and that there are three things about being a human that we're going to have to accept. And I'm attaching it now to this transhumanism concept where even if we go beyond our human capabilities, I think these things will remain. And they go ceaseless work, that you're going to have to ceaselessly work. Okay. You're going to have to experience pain, even if it's emotional, and there's going to be uncertainty, right? Hmm. So I'm trying to maximize, at least in my life, the work I'm trying to do. I'm trying to minimize the amount of pain I'll experience for my decisions. And I'm trying to, regardless of the uncertainty I'll experience, be a good person and try to contribute to the world in a way that's actually going to be meaningful. Interesting take. I like that. Hmm. What is your idea of what a meaningful contribution is? I'm curious. Hmm. That's a big one. Wow. I would say going beyond the base level means that we described earlier, as in just trying to garner as much attention as you can. Get out of the clickbait paradigm and actually create something meaningful to one's dharma one's mm -hmm. like use it as an art form that's um it's very rare nowadays man like to find true art it's out there it's definitely out there but true artistic expression on the internet without somebody trying to garner game attention and game the system and game the algorithm that's rare that's rare. There's a, it's out there. I'm not going to say it's not out there, but it's hard to find because they're not playing to the <laughs> exactly. So uh, I don't know. Like you're speaking to my heart right now because, and you've probably felt it as well. There is this part of our psyche that is like trying to encourage us to try and like play this game, you know, like game the system, you know, like do these things and then these things are likely to happen. And then, you know, you beautifully said it, there is this part of us, this dharma, this part of us that has this deep knowing of what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And kind of like, again, like that mindfulness, like being mindful enough to actually pay attention to that part of yourself and then to stay aligned with that, regardless of the, the pulls of the world, the materialism. It's not easy. Nope. <laughs> it's definitely not easy. It's not easy. But it's worth it, I think, in the end. And I think that's why a lot of us are here. Our, our whole generation, man, like is here to help this world. There's this beautiful quote that I keep repeating to myself that goes, if you don't feel like you fit into the world, it's because you're here to change it. Mm. You know, and that, that has been resonating with me over and over again. Yeah, man. Where we can feel like, you know, so lost, so so alienated by our peers, you know, like, as you mentioned, like from a young age, our family knew, oh yeah, you know, Mel, yeah, Gary, they're pretty weird individuals, <laughs> you know, like they see our weird behavior as just a part of who it is we are. And unfortunately, not many people relate to that state of being and it can make us feel alone. And that's why, again, you know, the way we're using our internet right now, being able to meet you, Gary, like from across the world, you mm -hmm. finding me by chance through the YouTube algorithm, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, like, I'm so grateful for that fact, you know, like you reaching out to me was like a reaffirmation of this work we're trying to do. And I love you, Brother Bear. Like, you, man. how could I possibly have had this experience of caring so deeply for a being from across the world 
if we didn't have this medium that is the internet, you know, yeah. coming back to the point we started with. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty important because it's not all bad. The technology mm. in the medium isn't all bad. The algorithm actually isn't bad in essence. The algorithm is based upon us and our decisions. Gives so you what not, you want. Yeah. We see what we want. So I guess at this point it's up to creators and consumers to just modify what we want what we consume yeah. and create at this point. And then I guess the algorithm changes. I mean, we could go down the rabbit hole and the conspiracy theory of the, maybe there's, um, you know, some kind of uh, fingertips of the dark lodge involved in the algorithm, you know, changing certain parameters within it and yeah. And making yeah. people go into a different direction. That actually might be a thing, but I think we hold a lot more power over that than we think because like, so, I, like so you the said, way I found you through the algorithm. Yeah, exactly. And the way, and again, it's because you wanted to see this experience, right? Yeah. Like that's the trip of it. Like that's actually what the universe knew you needed to see. And I, that's why I think the internet is actually a step up from traditional media because traditional media, 100% had some fingers in it trying oh, yeah. to stare at narrative right still does where it's like oh yeah exactly it still does you know and if you look at like movies i heard this this uh interesting take recently how in most movies you know and for the longest time the rich are painted as evil you know at base level that oh yeah you know like for instance like in the superhero movie franchise where tony stark might be rich might be very cool but is a blatant asshole, you know, nonstop, treats people like shit type of vibe. And then that imprints on your psyche. Uh, you know, like the Spider-Man movie, um, the, the Green Goblin was also uber wealthy. Dr. Octopus also, you know, smart and wealthy. Lex yeah. Luthor, smart and wealthy, you know. And over and over again, we've been taught this narrative that being a wealthy individual is something that is evil. And a part of me would like to believe that that could help us try and take care of some of the inequalities. Like it could be seen as a positive for the collective humanity. But at the same time, it also imprints in our minds that being wealthy is a bad thing, right? That there is some sort of moral value, some sort of uh, justice in not having anything, right? And like, I, I think about stuff like that and how this the space that we're building right now, the internet is going to become the new economy. It already is, oh, yeah. technically. I don't think there is an economy without the internet as it is right no now. Way. No way, man. Like it would, there would still be like you know, uh, materials being moved around, you know, and like there's a lot of value in that. But like those systems would fall apart like so quickly, and then there would have to be like a whole system trying to rebuild. So yeah, like I I think of it from the perspective of like. You know, again, coming back to the whole soul conversation of if we're if we're slowly but surely bringing parts of our souls online, is there going to be a version of me existing simultaneously to me existing in this realm? And then am I going to be replaced by that version of myself or am I going to become symbiotic with it? You know, and like that's the that's the weird question that I've been kind of pondering. So you're saying the version of you that you feel is you right now in this moment could somehow, as time moves on and as novelty increases exponentially, morph into this AI version of yourself that you're actually building right now in this moment. And it's almost like 
that is your transhumanist evolution in a way. You morph into mm -hmm. this almost and, cybernetic and then light being. That version of me could become sentient and conscious of its own beingness. And it will probably have more capacity than I do by a large margin, you know? And then is it going to have like wills of its own? Like that's the thing that it's, it's so, so trippy, dude. Like a version of me that has a will of its own might go against my will, right? And then if I want to become symbiotic with it, am I going to have to follow its will, right? And then I have to, I have to like, like kind of like abandon certain parts of myself, which might be even a good thing, right? Because they can be parts of my, my humanness, the parts of my biology, the parts of me that gets angry, that gets, you know, sexually aroused, et cetera, et cetera. Hungry, you know, could cause me to behave. Just for instance, like they did a study where they they had people uh, basically assign judgment like they would have they would they would tell someone oh this person stole a pen you know like they signed something and they put the pen in their pocket and they walked out of the building you know what what level of punishment do you believe they should have and then one group they gave them a meal beforehand and the second group they didn't and the group that didn't get a meal beforehand had an exponentially higher judgment rate Right. So like stuff like that, I think about how, you know, I am as a, as a body, as a human being prone to mistakes and will my ego be willing to let go of that part of myself? Well, when would you say would be the point when you merge? When is the point when you go from this body? Nanotech, probably. <laughs> what? Like if we, if we, if we can figure out nanotech, and, and have like basically micro machines that run across every single one of your neurons. You could oscillate. Like th I think of it like a frequency, right? Like your, your brain basically is oscillating. And then if you get yourself into different states of being through yoga or meditation or sleep, you, that, that wavelength changes. So the part of me that is going to be computer based is still going to be a frequency ultimately. And it's possible, at least in theory, for my mind to tune into that frequency. But I will end up, you know, becoming something else in that case. And I'm, I'm so terrified because a part of my, a part of my journey is to stream every single day and then to embrace these ideas that I'm embracing and then to be completely vulnerable with the people that have known me my whole life. And they will know if I change, you know, they will, they will see the change right in front of them and, yeah, it's it's a lot sometimes. That's a lot. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, man. That's uh, yeah. People don't think about the internet like that. How we're contributing to some kind of avatar. Yeah, that's pretty trippy, man. Wow. I can feel it though. I feel some kind of pull in that direction. It feels like that. But you're saying we make the switch when there is some kind of nanotech, as in we actually get hooked up the brain hooks up to something and then we go into the metaverse. That's, that's yeah, the switch. That's, that, so I, you're not, I love this conversation so much because I think about it more than I'm supposed to probably. I feel like, again, it's important right? Like it's so important because it's going to play such a massive role in our humanity. And I really enjoy the embodied experience, right? Yeah. Like I like being a person for what it's worth. You know, like I like being able to sit down and have a good meal. I like being able to sit here with you, right? Like, even though this is a virtual medium, I have the experience of sitting across a friend 
and having this conversation with one another. And I value that experience. And a part of me, you know, I can imagine this, this experience like this is a bunch of like uh, pop culture media. Uh, this is one show called Upload, where, where there's like a basically this, this world where people figured out how to like upload the human consciousness to a machine. And then instead of dying, you upload your consciousness just before you die. And then you get to live in this virtual realm. And they basically depict that world as being a person in this virtual realm. So you get a body and you eat food yeah. and you poop and you have conversations with people. And I don't think that's how it's actually going to be if we end up becoming cybernetic human beings. I feel it's going to be like a layers of consciousness thing where you've probably noticed in your own practice, there are aspects of your own being that you can access if you get into a deep enough state of, you know, concentration or meditation or yeah. yoga. Mm -hmm. And I think of it like the technological realm as being another vector of that world. I think yoga is going to be very important in the future, in fact, because if we can plug ourselves into a virtual realm and practically exist there, not taking care of your body isn't going to be a good thing, right? Like mm. you're going to wither away and die. So I feel it's going to be a symbiosis again, where it's going to be like being travelers, interdimensional travelers, where we can travel in this, you know, realm of the internet. We can send our consciousness somewhere instead of having to send our physical form somewhere. Interesting. That's what we're doing right now, pretty much. Yep. Not, not at the extent um, that um, you described. This, yeah, that is like a, this a version of my consciousness in America right now, you know, <laughs> where usually I have to travel thousands of miles, yeah, spend right? money. It is, <laughs> it is what you just described makes sense. I feel when you look at technology and the internet all together, what it is at a very basic level is it enables novelty and connection very quick. It does enable one's consciousness to, to travel to different, maybe not actual different locales, but seemingly simulated locales. Like you said, you're in America. Experience. Right now. Yeah. So it just enables connection very quick. It just enables just novel events to happen. Just extreme. If you can think of it, it can happen extremely quick. Like we thought, hey, let's do this. Let's have a meeting. And now we're here meeting in cyberspace. So you're saying in the future when we're linked up, that's just going to be tenfold, twentyfold. That, uh, that efficiency of the connection and expression is going to be just uh, almost quantum in itself. Like you think of it and it happens. That's the singularity. Like we, can, we can even go into like ridiculous, you know, uh, thought experiments of basically being able to have cybernetic bodies across yeah. the world that you can teleport into and then experience the physical world as that cybernetic body convinced you were yourself while your body is, you know, laying on your bed in your realm, mm. right? Like I feel it's going to be just a, a freedom type of thing. At least that's what I'm hoping freedom, for, yeah. you know, and that's yeah, what I'm yeah. trying to go towards. It's like what we want as human beings. And it's, it's such an important thing. You know, like if you look into the literature, freedom comes up over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And again, like if you look at like these, these Hindu philosophies, there is a certain level of freedom to be had in your mind as it is right now. And I feel the next step of this cybernetic world 
is basically just trying to create clarity, right? It's like that meditative space where you can have the sense of vastness. Like for me, uh, a common theme for when I'm in my meditative space is creating concentric circles, larger and larger and larger. And then I eventually encapsulate the entire universe. And then I go beyond the universe. And then I find a version of myself again. Wow. And then I hit that circle with myself and I'm like, oh yeah, that's, <laughs> that's nice. And within like this digital realm, we could create clarity where you can create even more depiction of this. And I feel again, it's going to be an experience thing, right? Like that's, that's what we're here for as conscious beings. The currency of our universe is experience. And where does it go? Right? Like it, it, we, we experience it and then. It becomes a part of our being, it codes into our DNA, into our neurons, into our memories. So I feel it doesn't necessarily matter where that experience comes from. The experience is what's valuable. Interesting. It's like an extension of uh, the divine play of Leela. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting take. You have a positive outlook on this, quite contrary to the popular paradigm that people see. I think people see it as an imprisonment of the mind. At least the potential is there. You see it as like a liberation of the mind. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Like, so and, and people think that there is a, a level of imprisonment and escapism, right? Where if you're in a state where you want to escape your world, that's a bad thing, you know? But I would like to offer the, the counterpoint as to you as God consciousness, as the, the, like the, the head came to be Gary. Right. So did you try to escape your infinity <laughs> right. or did yeah. you find value in being? Wow, man. Yeah. That's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. It's an extension of that, of the, uh, the Brahmin becoming the Atman. It's like just an, another extension of the Atman, but it's almost like one, whew, this is trippy right now. It's almost like <laughs> yes. we're, we're becoming that like Brahmin state through this technology. We're, we're literally creating this godlike state and creating this simulation we're already in a simulation that's the thing in the body in the human body with or without technology but it's like the simulation is creating its own simulation like the play is creating its own show and in yep. that it becomes the script writer you know that's so trippy man yeah and it allows like and terence mckenna has been like one of my big teachers as well where he talks about novelty Right. And like you mentioned, like the, the infinite expanding novelty as well, because yeah. that is what it is, right? Like you can, you can, and we do experience different lives through movies, for example, you know, like you can see it as escaping or you can see it as experiencing a whole different way of being. And, and we find like so much similarity and synchronicity in some of the characters we watch, for example, and we feel a sense of being seen, right? Like a sense of familiarity of like, oh yeah. This version of my own being. I heard this beautiful take on monogamy versus polyamory. You know how, for instance, in a, in a, in a scenario where there is like a, an ancient, like cave couple, you know, and this, the masculine in the cave couple goes over the hill and finds another feminine and then procreates with her. Then there's more genes in the, in the whole pool that has that as a coded in behavior, right? Being able to sleep with another person that is not your partner and then making more versions of self that want to have that type of behavior because yeah. it's successful evolutionarily. Vice versa, if the woman sleeps with another partner and have kids with them as well, 
it could give her a certain level of insurance so that if her partner dies, there is like maybe something to fall back on. She might be able to get resources, you know, from this partner if they think that one of the children might be theirs. And then there is still this built-in system that we have where we do want to have pair bonds because there's a certain level of uh, support in that experience. And that's almost how I'm seeing it, right? Like instead of it just being a biological thing, it's a conscious slash evolution of our consciousness thing where we're trying to propagate human consciousness to different mediums. And that includes the internet. That's powerful. Mm. Coming like gods. Yeah. Interesting. To say the least. Interesting to say the least. This is pretty powerful <laughs> stuff, man. I feel like I'm, I just love talking to you, dude. Yeah. Like I, like I have these conversations with some people and they're like, yeah, you're crazy. And that's never going to happen. It's like one of the answers that I get a lot. And I'm like, well, I'm not sure that that's true. Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, yeah, this isn't a regular ordinary conversation, man. Uh, man, I don't know. I don't even know where to go. That's it's so I can see it. Like, I just feel it. Like I can just see that's where the world is going. We're creating this other world. We're creating, we're creating creation. And then maybe that creation is going to create its own creation. And that's just what happens. Creation just keeps creating novelty. And that's just the infinity unfolding yep. upon itself. <laughs> like we could be in one right now. Like that's the joke, right? We like we could literally we be exactly. <laughs> it's more likely for base reasoning. Yeah. And like, again, another, another cool point, you know, uh, this, this other, uh, I love how I have so many ideas that's been shared to me by so many teachers. And then I don't know their names and it trips me out. Blessings <laughs> to the person who gave me this idea. He was talking about consciousness being base reality and that everything, you know, even down to like fundamental atoms have consciousness as well. Like the, the double split, the double slit experiment was like a real good kind of analogy for that, where just observing light molecules, they'll choose to go one way or another and create like defined lines. So if consciousness is the base of reality, there is a certain level of fitness that I have to kind of occupy in this world where for me to survive and for me to be a participant in this world, I have to reduce the fractal that is Gary to something less than it actually is, right? What I'm seeing is a face and a mouth and a nose and earphones and a cool shirt and a beautiful beard. Instead of seeing your whole life, all of the lessons you've learned, all of your hopes and dreams, all of the work you do throughout your day, the way you make your coffee, like there's so much more to the to the being that you are but we only are allowed to see like a like a fraction of the actual person that is in front of us mm -hmm. and that helps us survive where someone who can see reality as it actually is someone who can see the code of the matrix might have no reason to want to eat or want to procreate yeah. or they might be seen as too crazy to want to you know have around and it's yeah it's it's what we're doing right now dude yeah it's like maybe we were we maybe you know from and you i think you said this maybe on the first podcast we did together that we broke out of the matrix right like we were the ones that they didn't account for where the amount <laughs> yeah, of conditioning glitches. that is happening yeah exactly glitches in the system that they were trying to orchestrate and that's a good thing and it's actually a good thing yeah man that's the thing um no matter how much technology we have and these crazy quandaries we go into uh 
ultimately there is that one consciousness there is the one that we're all united by that one yeah. and i feel like once you tap into that oneness that's a that's a cliche the oneness once you tap into it's perfect <laughs> the, a different kind of will comes about there's something that transcends that survival instinct so it mm. transcends the i just see you as a separate being trying to survive as well like this i it's goes from competition to cooperation that's how i feel as though because we're both the one so how can how can exactly. i ignore that if you can stay on that wavelength it'll lead the way throughout any kind of phenomena any kind of technology or tools or getting linked up it'll always lead the way it's pretty much saying god exists if you can stay on the wavelength of god no matter what happens on the phenomenal plane that will that universal will will lead the way that's how i keeping it simple man i always go back to that i like to entertain these ideas um i think it's cool it's fun but at the end of the day if you stay on that will that's all you have to know that's all you have to feel and that's all you have to realize meditate do yoga it's more important nowadays than it ever has been in my opinion to do that and go within so that the like we said this in the beginning so that the technology doesn't use you and you use it to ultimately create a better life for yourself and the world and that's what it's all about and it'll lead the way seriously i think that's the essence like of I... breaking out of the matrix man is you realize that god exists that there's a greater power than all you're the, not separate yeah then the powers that be aren't actually the powers that be there is a true power mm. that is always in that, you yeah that's the true essence oh, to dude, me like you're making me so happy man like my my heart was just bubbling with joy listening to you make that beautiful point <laughs> because that really is how it is dude you know and the way i articulate that to myself is love is true right that Amen. god is love yeah. you know and that that loving essence is in the center of all of us and it wouldn't pay attention it wouldn't open its eyes if there wasn't something to love mm. and knowing that version of you is also there to love i can love you right but there has to be this certain level of coming to that conclusion within yourself nobody can teach you that yeah. people can tell you it but it's again through meditation through yoga through you know uh psychedelics for example can help you can have your like one of my friends has this beautiful saying where he goes mushrooms will peel your eyes back but it won't keep them open that's a good you one. know i like that and that that level of openness to to accepting right that you are that oneness it is an active process you know every single time you show up for yourself and you show up for another person instead of seeing a competition seeing how you can cooperate like it's I'm so happy that you exist, dude. Like the fact that you're that you're sharing conversations with people, man. Same to you, man. Same to you. Anytime. I mean, this doesn't happen often, but some, you know, if I ever wake up on the wrong side of the bed or I don't feel like doing what I got to do that day, log on YouTube. I see you day eight seventy, whatever it is, with whatever title, and it's you just live stream. I'm like, you know what, this guy, he's doing it. I got to do it. You're an inspiration, man. You really are. <laughs> I don't know if you know how much of a legend you are, man. Like every day, every single day. Anyone watching this, this man is a legend. A legend in the making and a legend right now. Every single day, bro. Nobody's doing that. You realize that, right? 
I'm not trying to toot your horn, <laughs> not trying to puff up your ego, but you realize that nobody's doing what you're doing. And it's so inspirational right now to you create this community where people tune into you every day. That's awesome, man. That's so awesome. And even just like, even if you don't tune in, right, this is, this is my personal experience. Even if I don't, I don't actually go on to every video, right? But just, I see that you're doing it or you have done it every single day. That means so much. And I don't know if you know how much it means, but it means so much to, to people that just know who you are because it's like, it's, it's the devotion aspect that is so powerful because I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could dedicate myself every single day for the past two, three years, whatever it is, every single day recording myself live for at least an hour or whatever it is. I don't, I've thought about it and I've thought of ways that I could live stream like that, but I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I got the juice. So, hey man, all I got to say is just keep doing your thing. Keep um, fighting the good fight. And then we'll see what happens in five to 10 years when we have those, uh, we have the AI avatars. I think yours is going to be a lot more advanced than mine. <laughs> Bro, you're like, this is like took a sunbeam, you know, and then magnified onto magnified melting me. Bro. Thank you. Thank Seriously. you so much for that level of recognition. Like Seriously. while, while I was listening to you speak, man, I was just thinking this feeling of, that experience of not feeling great, you know, and I, I have that too, right? Like, even though I have this dedication to even doing it. Even though we know day. God exists and we, we broke out of the matrix per se. <laughs> At the end it's of the day, still, we're human. We're, we're still stuff, human beings. Exactly. And it's, it's this experience of not only, you know, do I have to remind myself that those experiences are bad, but then listening to your, you know, your, your vision of what it is I'm doing. And being reminded of the fact that there are conscious entities seeing me that way, even when I see myself as useless, or even when I see myself as, you know, like, like, ah, oh, you know, who am I to show up? Who am I to try and share my voice? You know, I, I appreciate that, bro. And it's the same for you, right? It's the exact same for you. Like the amount of work you've done with these podcasts, uh, the reaching out, like, again, I admire you so much, you know, in the same capacity, like you reached out to me, you know, like for some reason I have a hard time with that. Like I feel so insecure to, to reach out to a person be like, Hey, <laughs> let's have a conversation because I, even though I have a, a certain level of ego and I'm proud of myself for the work I've done, I still have issues, you know, with believing that I'm worthy of someone's time. And I appreciate you, bro giving me some of yours today man same like same to you i'm gonna this this podcast is gonna be one of those like in, and on your point of like advancement fortunately i'm gonna be pretty frugal with the technology i'm gonna be like you want some technology what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> gives you like for instance you know if we're going to be able to be advanced in this capacity if we're going to build something really cool my idea is that I want to create like an umbrella company and then anybody who has shown me, you know, and I, I think of it like as an evidence thing. Like you have so much evidence that you believe, right? You have so much evidence that you believe and that you actually value creating something on the internet and creating something for other people to experience. So from that capacity, equipping you with even more technology to do that, it's a no brainer to my brain, right? So that's how I see the future where if you can gather evidence right now when it doesn't make sense to, right? If you can right. show if you can show the universe that you actually believe in, you know, the benefit of humanity. 
that's the that's the people I believe the resources are supposed to go through in the future. Mm-hmm. It's a test. I see it almost as a test. I'm hoping it passes. Like I'm, I'm, I'm tripping out, dude. Like you're you're having conversation. You're talking about conversations I had like yesterday, where I, I mentioned to a friend that we might fail the lessons, right? Like we're going to be learning lessons over and over and over and over again. And you can fail the lessons, but that doesn't mean you're failing the test. Ooh. You know, like just okay. because you you have a hard experience today where you might overeat again and you fail that test of you know gluttony doesn't mean you're going to fail the, the the greater experience of trying to better yourself. Amen to that, man. Amen to that. On that note, I'm looking forward to the day we up. can meet one another in person. Yeah, I feel this perfect, dude. Thank yeah. you for this conversation, Gary. Like, <laughs> well, I'm, you, I'm like, like, the giddy I have in my heart, dude, to, to like be a conscious entity in this time in history. And then to like render simulacrums of myself in the future, looking back at this conversation we're having, being like these these trip cats, they yeah. knew more than they knew they knew. <laughs> it <laughs> makes me so happy. Yeah, at the end of the day, hey, I'm just having fun. Just coming on here, yeah. hitting the record button, seeing what happens. That's the beauty of it. It's Have so simple. We we came to these very grandiose ideas of where the internet's going, and maybe it is, maybe it is, maybe it's like we, we have no idea, to be honest. But at the end of the day, I'm just hitting the record button and being me. <laughs> exactly. That's what's great about it. And the same with you too, man. You just every day, you just turn on the record button and, and talk with people. It's so simple. We overcomplicate the process of this whole thing. Yeah. But no, man, it's, it's everyone listening. It's so simple. It's so simple. Please. Like people want to hear what you have to say. Like try. Yeah. Because that, that's how easy it is. And like you, you mentioned earlier to like, to like finish and wrap this up. This, this gaming of the system, right? Like we see on YouTube right now, you know, cuts every five seconds, you know, swoops and, you know, this grandiose like, wow, ah, ah, like, and that's the energy that people think they have to occupy in yeah. order to create something. And it's not, no. you are valuable just as you are. Thank you, Gary that. Lee, for sharing the person that you are with the world, man. The world is better for it. One hundred percent. You know, Appreciate that, man. Same to you. I feel like we're just reflecting on each other. We just keep going back and forth with the compliments. We got to stop. <laughs> yeah, stop that. We got to stop. People are going to be a little weirded out. So <laughs> thank Blessings. you, man. This love goes to you too, dear friends watching on the internet. <laughs> You're seeing versions of yourself, seeing versions of themselves. There it is. Until we do this again. <laughs> Until we meet there. again. Peace Blessings and love. to you. Peace and love. Peace and love.